Hi, everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Dan Beecher. And filling in for Frank, if you couldn't tell, it's Kate Birch again. Hi, Kate. Hello. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in here. Uh, our dear friend Frank, y'all, is down with the vid. Uh, everybody gets it eventually. I haven't gotten it yet. That you know Knock about. on wood, knock on wood. Yeah. So Frank's out for the count. Uh, he's doing okay. He's not in the hospital or anything, but he... Uh, he doesn't he's, feel great. He's feeling poorly. So, yes, please do send your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, specifically prayers, I think. You need to... Just work him into your daily prayer routine. Start a prayer routine, <laughs> uh, which most of you probably don't have. What? And then, uh, and then you know, throw him in there. Just yeah. Just throw him in the mix. Yeah. But, like, do it kind of mean style. Or maybe put his name on the temple thing. Oh, yeah. Go go to your local whatever. Uh-huh. Put go his into, name in. Go into, a, a like, a, a, you know, cathedral mm-hmm. and uh, ask people to pray for him. Light a candle. Light a candle. You got yeah. to pay a dollar. Yeah. Is or, that what it is? Or a, or a euro uh-huh. for the candle. And then say, and then light it in, in Frank's honor. Don't do any of the things that we're saying, by the way. Uh, that's it's. Don't give a dollar to a Catholic church ever. But if you want to give a dollar to me, I can put my Venmo in a link on like some <laughs> website. Give Kate all of your dollars. It's a it that is actually a much safer. And I'll buy him some soup and deliver it. That's See? a much nicer thing. <laughs> Than giving, uh, than giving anything to a church. I agree. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you have uh, some stories? I do. I'm going to start you off. Okay. You you know this. I've been wanting to be able to tell jokes. Last week, I had a joke that I was trying to tell to people, and it, I failed. So I'm going to try a different joke with you. I'm you like, are? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Dan. Yes. Do you know how to make a witch? <laughs> no. I mean... I guess you could have gone like on like a sandwich tangent or something, but uh, okay. The worst way to do a joke <laughs> is to jump in with what tangents could be thrown in. I'm telling you, I don't have to the this middle down. Of the joke. I don't have this down. Okay, um, just r- r- um, just oh shit. <laughs> hey Kate, how, how do you make a witch? Just repeal Roe v. Wade. Oh well, okay. So this is like. I did obviously a clearly a really poor job with my joke, but it was, I it's thought because it was splendid. <laughs> the headline to this article that I'm going to be talking about today was how to make a thousand witches with one Supreme Court decision. And it just sounded like a punchline to a joke to me <laughs> that I could not fulfill. I am sorry. You did fine. You did fine. <laughs> But in essence, the uh, the article that I want to talk to you about today is is how during moments such as this one, where um, you mean historical moments, historical moments sure. such as this, when there's been like uh, co- political climates where, where people are being really repressed, like a repressive climate such as this, um, the there's an upsurge in witchcraft. What what is meant by witchcraft in this case? Well. People who it's often witchcraft as kind of a substitution for religion. Okay. So, um, but it can like be a spiritualist practice, a bit of woo, a bit of yeah, and divine and, feminine, whatever that means. <laughs> right. You couldn't have that. But but basically, what it is is there's like an attractiveness to the the concept of magic. To people who are being repressed. Okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Look, name a person for whom the concept <laughs> of having magic powers isn't attractive. Right. And so I think when all of your powers are stripped away from you, often people turn to the magical. To right? pretend powers. To pretend powers. Sure. I um, get that. There's a resurgence that's happening now with with like Wiccan and um, and I'm not. I can't even remember all of the different. There are different. Um, that means that like, means that a lot of stores that have words like uh, hollow, uh-huh. and, uh huh, <laughs> and moon and gypsy in the title are 
going gangbusters right now. And this is also what it means. If you get yourself a rock polisher <laughs> right now, go out, buy a rock polisher, search your riverbeds, start polishing those stones up, you could make a killing. So uh, It's true. I'm just telling, telling you, like, side business. Crystals are at a premium, y'all. Exactly. Now start, is your moment. Now is your moment. That, that tinctures, tinctures <laughs> could be real big. Um, feathers. Bund- bundle up some sage, man. God, like start planting your your herbal garden now. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'm guessing like twine is probably a big thing. <laughs> some jute. <laughs> wow, we are making fun. Uh, there are probably some people listening who are very offended. Okay. By all well, of this. and I apologize to the. Pe- I don't those apologize. People. Just enjoy yourself. But but here is the thing. I, it does seem problematic to me anytime you replace religion with another thing that is an essence religion. And that's basically, I, even though it feels like it's, it's rooted in some sort of like, um, strike against the patriarchy. Yeah. If you're replacing it with things that are fictional, that can be problematic. Absolutely. Magical thinking is always going to be dangerous. It's always going to have a dark underbelly that is about the, the, that is, first of all, you, there's just the problem of not believing in reality. Yeah. Not believing in reality. Even when it's problematic, even um, when it sucks. Even when it sucks. But I'm also torn because at the foundation of some of this witchiness is this like rebellion against patriarchy and trying to free women from this domination of, you know, patriarchal uh, power. Um and specifically in how it relates to women's bodies. So, like, we started off this segment talking about how repealing Roe v. Wade could, like, have this effect of turning people towards this, towards witchcraft in ways. I'm just saying, I let it, let's encourage people to turn toward activism toward actually taking steps to dismantle patriarchal structures. I'm all like down with the patriarchy uh-huh. a thousand percent, but it's not going to be accomplished with which with, 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 with like magical ceremonies. And yeah. stuff. There may be like some, some nice uh, psychological something catharsis uh-huh. to, you know, joining with other women, Dancing around a campfire, howling at the moon, whatever you want. Ex- uh, yeah, accepting your bodies for whatever they are. Do all of that. Right. Just, uh, just let's just let go of the magical thinking part of it. Here is where those tinctures, though, that I spoke of. Oh my God, we're going to tinctures. We're going back to tinctures, and and here is why. Herbal. There are herbal things that will start an abortion. Oh, yeah. So, ironically, some of these... Okay, so witch your baby away. Witch your baby away. No, but they're really... That, that is actually what they're coming to. They're, they're like have almost calling out the network of people who, knew, who knows these, these herbal remedies for... If it actually works. If it works. And if it's not dangerous. This is why science well, is good. Pro- that is the problem, is there's always going to be abortions... It's just we're making them less safe. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's my point is like, if it works and it's safe, but how do we know unless there's some science behind it? Right. But it did make me curious because I was thinking about um, how, you know, religions are protected from from the government in a lot of ways. And and I've said this to you before, Dan, just in our our own conversations, but wondering if there was a religion that could, I know the, the is it the satanic temple that is, says that abortion is a protected right? Yeah. But it sounds like witchcraft could maybe say that and, and point back to that this has been a practice through herbal, with these herbal remedies that they've used for you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. The the whole point is that like 
just like the Satanic Temple. Nobody cares. Nobody or- cares. <laughs> if it's not Christianity, then it doesn't get religious protection. Well, okay. I mean, country. it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, ah, uh, it's I this know. catch-22. Anyway, interesting, yeah. nonetheless. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take us to, uh, so we've been following sort of vaguely, not really hard, the uh, the the travails of one Josh Duggar. Okay. To, one of one of the 19 and counting children oh, of the Duggar yes. family. I've heard about him. Uh, not, not great. Mm. Uh, we first learned that he, uh, we that he had uh, molested some of his sisters. Aww. Uh, and then. Uh, but, but wait, in his defense in molesting the sisters, when you have 19 siblings, do you even know they're related to you? I'm just going to start a sentence with, <laughs> do you know that you that you just said in his defense with molesting his sisters? I This was a joke. I, I okay, Everybody, that was a joke. I was just saying, like, if you are if you have 19 siblings and you, like, see one in the hall, do you even know you're related okay, you're to them? you're making the same joke again. I see. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to move us away from joking about uh, okay, molesting okay, a family, okay, but that's okay, all right. Okay. Anyway, Fair uh, the so that was the the first thing that we heard about him that made us all go, oh, maybe we don't as a society need to hear anything about Josh Duggar except that he's going to jail. Right. He didn't go to jail for that. Uh, or at least did not. he suffer any penalties? Did yeah, I don't know something. I I don't remember that. But then. Uh, later, after he was married, he has seven, I think, children of his own already. And he worked for the Family Research Council, which is a big conservative. Oh, I have heard of the Family Research Council. Yeah, so he he worked for them uh, for a long time. He then, suddenly, his his car lot business Uh was raided uh, (gasps) because the federal agents found out that he had been downloading some shit that you ain't supposed to oh. download uh in the and apparently as he was being arrested we found we found out he literally started yelling what is this about has anyone been downloading child pornography <laughs> oh my god no way are you kidding? that is literally apparently a quote from uh what the hell when he was he apparently and and you know of course his defense the whole time was that someone in the office was right. downloading. It wasn't him, and he had no clue about it except yeah. that he. <laughs> oh, he just was really good at guessing <laughs> why feds might raid a business I and handcuff it, him. I'm worried it might be that one of you. <laughs> yeah. Someone in here. What? Oh my uh, god. So anyway, yes, uh he has now been convicted. Uh he was convicted a while uh you know, a few months ago uh-huh. of of the child porn charges. Oh god, he has now been so... sentenced to over 12 years in prison. That's great. That's They great were hoping news. the 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 prosecutors were hoping for a full 20 years, which was the maximum uh-huh. sentence uh for for the charges that he was uh, convicted for. Yeah. Um, but that's a little bit of justice at least. But 12, yeah. And, and hopefully that it, comes with some therapy and does, does no, it ever? No. This, uh, th- we're talking about the American justice system. There's nothing good for you in the American justice system. Just, he's probably just going to join some white supremacist gang. Probably. And, uh, and that'll be that. Anyway, uh, fortunately there are no more like Duggar TV shows. The, network that was running them and it was TLC it. or whatever. Broke. Were they still running shows about them? Yeah, that they seems... they had canceled 19 Kids and Counting, but then they started doing these other shows that were like focused on the new families, you know, the kids individual uh, families and whatever. Wasn't that like 2010? How long ago was that show? Yeah, but like there were 400 kids. Uh, so some of yeah, them are probably got a lot 80 of, now. I don't know. A lot of spin-off TV shows is what you're saying. Yeah, they had, they had, <laughs> they had a lot of options, but TLC has basically cut cut, cut ties time. with the Duggars. Probably a smart idea. I mean, it was it was always just a freak show. Yeah. Show. I mean, how could it be anything other that than that? Yeah. How could you The funny thing is is a family like that probably like boasts that they have this great morality that goes along with with having this many children. Doesn't yeah. it seem like I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? Okay. So, uh I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the subject of uh religious charities. 
Okay. And how they can kind of get away with pretty much anything, it seems like. But the good news out of the UK this week is that they finally dissolved this really radical Islamic charity. It was called the Islamic Islamic Research Foundation International. And it had been registered for a long time in the UK for, since like t- t- 2007. Um, one of the ironies is that from this charity, they had, they started a thing called Peace TV, P-E-A-C-E. Yeah. And we're basically uh, doing the opposite of that. So they get all these these charitable donations. They start this TV channel, which is basically just spewing hatred. So it's like these these terrible sermons that are being broadcast by this guy. I think his name is Naik, um, Dr. Zakir Naik. And he, it's like, it's just hatred. Yeah. Just pure hatred. But... You get away with these sort of things because you're calling yourself a religious organization. Right. And everybody's terrified of like calling out especially Islamic hatred. Right. Because uh, those guys don't don't mess around no. a lot of the time. But, yeah. but you know, here's the trick, everybody. A uh, little helpful hint from TGIA over yeah. here. Where you have religious fundamentalism. Uh-huh. You got bad things happening. It doesn't even. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, what it the doesn't religion, matter which kind it is. It it can be it can be Christianity. It can be Islam. It can be Judaism. It can be Buddhism. Uh-huh. It can be Hinduism. Whatever your ism, <laughs> just pick one of the isms. <laughs> and there's probably some bad stuff and going there, on. And boy, you got some people saying <laughs> some nasty shit in the name of that ism. But luckily, so the Charity Commission for England and Wales, and then also one in Canada, um, just very recently are starting to kind of um, put the hammer down on some of these charities and have begun to be very suspicious, especially like if if they're they're cloaked under basically the advancement of of religion like if that's kind of like what they say that their charity is they're really looking into that they're starting to actually kind well, of get a clue i mean the whole point of a of a charity is to do service and good for society at large and guess what preaching hatred and getting people to like be awful to <laughs> right part of society <laughs> probably not not benefiting society in great ways maybe maybe you have to pay your taxes now i think that that's very true do you guys have a charity could you have oh i guess i mean atheism isn't a religion so you can't have a charity i can have whatever charity i want fuck you <laughs> you Don't. are a charity case look people <laughs> If we had a charity, then uh, we'd have to be accountable for what we do that's, with the money that people give us. That's a good point. That's a good point. But but in Canada, too, not I'm going to go get back on track with the story. They're also kind of getting a clue when it comes to kind of the inequity between regular charities and religious charities. Mm. And they're like, mm, maybe since we claim to be separated our re- religion from, from state, uh, we shouldn't subsidize billions of dollars worth of our taxpayers money to pay for religious activities. I just think it's so funny. Like there religions often do some charity work. Mm -hmm. The Mormon church that I was raised in does some charity work. The, you know, 30 to a hundred million dollars worth of charity work which sounds like a lot sounds like a lot until you until you pan out yeah and you see what part what chunk of the mountain of money that they have that actually represents and then you think to yourself um maybe you don't get to call yourself a charity right maybe you are a business you're a club. You right. Oh, a club. And you know, people pay their dues, mm-hmm. their membership dues, which you charge a lot. With ten percent of the income is right. uh, that's that's a high due. It's a lot of money to be a part of that club. 
but maybe they don't get to write off that money, you know, as yeah. as a charitable donation, and unless you actually use it for charity, yeah, and maybe should... you don't get to be nonprofit, right? Unless you're actually doing charitable work, yeah. Commensurate I, with what you, with, with the with amount the of money that's coming, that's coming in, in. that it, that there is no oversight to that is baffling to me. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the society. Another great thing about our country. You want to know? Here's another. Here's here here's how insidious the people are. Okay, the religious folks are. I mean, I know, but you can go on. Well, I mean, we all. <laughs> sorry, what I meant to say is, here's another example. There you go. Let's just do another one. <laughs> uh, this one is apparently a a a, a fella named William Harrison just got his PhD. Congratulations to him. Uh, this is his PhD is in missiology. Who? How do you spell that? M i s s i o l o g y. Is it about Mississippi? It's not. Oh. It is the study of missions oh. uh, and missionary work, and he got it at missionary uh, positions. Missionary position. <laughs> uh, he got it at uh, from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm. Uh, so suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. His, he's also, he happens to be a chaplain in the United States military uh, for the U.S. Army. And he, so he wrote his uh, doctoral dissertation. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, go with what you know. Sure. Uh, That's one of the like tenets of, of good writing, they say. They say. <laughs> I never do it, but you know. Uh his dissertation was titled The United States Military, A Field for Great Commission Fulfillment. Now, commission fulfillment, uh, for those of you who don't know. I don't. I'm raising uh, my hand. Baptist code is uh, is missionary work. In the military? What? So what this means what? is what he's proposing and what he has clearly been doing for his entire chaplaincy career what? is trying to use the US military as a way as as a place where he can as a as a chaplain convert soldiers uh-huh. which that is not what he is supposed to be doing chaplains right. in the military are meant to be non-denominational so a, a a military chaplain is meant to be able to minister to you know, people of any uh religious background I had no idea about that that's interesting yeah but they still haven't. A, a bunch of people have applied. They still haven't. Uh, they still don't have any humanist chaplains mm. in the U.S. military. Uh, however, uh, that the job is to be able to minister to anyone, not to convert them to your specific. Not religion. to fucking convert <laughs> them. He That's and he's not so only crazy. saying that. He's saying that people in the military have this opportunity because you know they get stationed in different countries around the world. Oh my God. Uh, they have the opportunity to, to do their missionary work uh, off base. They're like, you're stationed in places of turmoil. These people are seeing horrific things. Convert them. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The same things with the, if they're, if they're preaching to people who are in the service, in the military service, they're probably coming to a chaplain when they're suffering greatly. That's right. And then they're taking advantage of them in this time of like this weakened state of mind. Because that's literally what they're trained to do. Wow. Always seek out people at their weakest. Yeah. And then... They're most vulnerable. And then tell them they have to accept Jesus. God, that's so gross. And so, then to admit it well, and write a whole paper about it. Write a whole book about it. Yeah. It, you know, it's a 211-page yeah. book. Wow. Uh, basically just extolling the virtues of using the United States military, which is by its nature, by law, yeah. a secular institution, though not in practice, as we've, uh, you know, yeah. longtime listeners have heard many stories. Mm-hmm. About people in the United States military, either encountering like there is such wild discrimination, discrimination. Mm-hmm. You know, there is huge advantage for those who are who are Christian right. and all of this sort of stuff. Oh, that's so creepy. Anyway, that's fun. That's so gross. And can, yeah. there's probably nothing you can do about that, right? Like legally. I don't know. 
It seems like it's. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it's a lawsuit waiting to be. I hope uh, so. Filed by. Well, I mean, Freedom but, from Religion yeah, but right now it's just a theory uh, paper. But you know, if you could find, but if examples you can, sh- of I was going to say, if you can show, he's probably given examples in. <laughs> Maybe if he wrote it, if he wrote it well, he did. Because let's get Andrew Seidel on this. There you go. Somebody, some, some constitutional lawyer, get in. Get in on that. Get in on that. Okay. Well, I'm going to move us on to something a little lighter. Oh, good. It's children's books. Oh, thank you. said children, <laughs> and my heart skipped a beat. Oh, no. Books, books. Thank you. Children's books. Thank God. All right. Well done. <laughs> this story actually has a, a Utah base. Oh. Um, which is obviously where we're located. So there's there's a girl who grew up in Utah. Um and you know, growing up in Utah, you're confronted with religion a lot. Like, it's, it is in your face. The hell you say? <laughs> this girl was not ra- raised in a religious family. She was raised in a family that was very much open to letting her choose her own path and uh, make her own decisions. This is the wrong choice. No, but they also exposed her to, uh, like, a lot of science. And so when she was eight years old, she was watching um, a documentary. It was the Cosmos documentary, I think. Did you ever watch that with Neil deGrasse Tyson? I watched a few. I watched a little bit of it, too. It didn't. It it wasn't my favorite, but. You probably remember, because people kind of made a little bit of fuss out of it. But when he told viewers that, like, as humans, we're all made of star stuff. Do you Mm -hmm. remember that was a big deal? People kind of lost their shit about that, because it sounds so, like, it makes us feel fancy, you know? We we are the stars. Yeah. I don't know. The people really that spoke to a lot of people. I've had some moments in the on the toilet where I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that feels like star stuff is passing through me." A meteoroid. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. That was burning hot plasma. You dip, you silly. <laughs> Anyway, this little girl was so inspired by that concept that she, as an eight-year-old, started writing a book about, uh, and it's based in this humanist concepts of like uh, evolution and interconnectedness of of living things. But she based it, uh, she named her main character Stardust, and she's a spunky little protagonist. She ended up writing three books in this series, and then her little sister ended up writing a book too. I love this this idea of these kids in this family who are all all writers. Um, I also wrote a book when I was a child, but nobody should probably read it. Right? (laughs) Well, I I think their father actually helped them. They uh, were guided. Yes, they were guided. Sure. They were the the instigators of their own books. I'm sure they were edited uh, pretty precisely by adults. Yes. Um, But they did get these books published. And the interesting thing is, is that these books have just been um, translated into four different languages, Farsi, Urdu, Arabic and Bahasa Indonesia. Um, those, I've I have in my mind made uh, a connection between all all of those languages. Yes, and what is it? The, it that would be Islam. Yes, Muslim majority countries. Yeah, and so so basically, there's this project called the Translations Project, which is an offshoot of the Center for Humanist Center for Inquiry, which has made it uh, a goal to translate a lot of scientific material into um, relig- other religions where they might not have the ability to read to have these these things available to them. Right. Um, specifically, you know, in like theories of evolution, things that might go against the teachings. Right. These books are not like no bookseller in Saudi Arabia is going to carry this book because they'll get in trouble. Exactly. But if they can find it online and find a translation, they can maybe be introduced to these things that they that that are kind of they're dangerous if other people learned about them, possibly. But they're uh, they'll open their eyes to things that they they might not learn about. That's what kind of like when the Internet's at its best, it's about getting good ideas over the wall. Exactly. Ta- some, tossing it, them or sending them afloat a in a little bottle on the sea. Right. It's kind and of the kind of the same thing. But these are the first children's books okay. that have been available um, in this project. So that's kind of cool because 
you know, little kids are in such a, a moldable space and when they're when they're learning and they're looking for understanding about their place in the world and where they came from. And so so it's great to have um quality and I haven't read these books so I can't attest to their quality, but I'm guessing if they were picked, they must have put some effort in and and really touched a chord uh with people about um letting non-religious kids feel represented and seeing themselves and and seeing themselves in ways that they could feel left out of. You know, sometimes these yeah. creation stories feel so big and interesting and that like that stardust saying could kind of still make a kid feel special. Yeah. Like when they think of the grandioseness of the universe, it's exciting and thrilling. And, yeah. and, and this my- is the problem. Kids shouldn't feel special. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's I think that's really sweet. We'll see if that does anything. Uh, I'm going to close this out with a story out of Poland. Okay. Uh, now I've been to Poland and I, you know, I, one of the things, one of the fun memories for me <laughs> of driving through Poland is the Polish countryside just being littered with like every mile instead of a mile marker. You see a, like a Jesus on a cross or a little shrine to a, a, a saint or something. Interesting. Because it's, it's still to this day over 85% Catholic. Oh, you know, I didn't realize that. I thought there were a lot of Jewish people that were from Poland. Oh, no, something happened to them. Oh, I think my family was from Poland. Yeah. It's yeah. a very, the Jewish community is it's actually really small very now. small there. Mm. Uh I don't know how big it was before World War II. Yeah. But uh, anywho, uh, it's a very Catholic country. Mm -hmm. However, uh, they they just took a step ahead of the United States of America. Oh, no. In a good way or bad way? In a good way. Okay. The Poland version of the Boy Scouts... Um, which is uh, the ZHP, uh-huh. which I think translates to uh, the Polish Scouting and Guiding Association. Uh-huh. Not ZHP doesn't translate to that, but no, whatever no, the, I, I whatever the, the words, words are that, yeah. that that stands for, <laughs> which I'm sure even if I saw them, this article just has the letters. Even if I saw the you words, I would read them. Wouldn't even take a run at yeah. reading them. <laughs> they cross their L's and I don't I have no idea about pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'd be lost. Turns out I don't speak Polish. I never even when I was in I Poland. Never said I, you did. Poland was the one place where I actually used my German, though. In, oh yeah, you've told me that story. It's before. not useful in Germany because everybody <laughs> speaks English much better than I speak German. You got to find some common languages. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the the Polish Boy Scouts have now uh, created an option where uh, when you take the Boy Scout oath or the Scout oath. Uh, they they now have a non theist option. Does do the boy does the Boy Scout oath here have a is God in the oath? One hundred percent. I didn't know that. To the point where the Boy Scouts of America has made some strides uh-huh. in the last ten years. They now not only do they accept trans gay folk, uh-huh. they accept trans folk, uh-huh. they accept girls. Yeah. They do not accept atheists. That is amazing. I didn't realize that. As a matter of fact, if you want to get your Eagle Scout, Uh you have to get now an inclusivity badge. Uh Uh-huh. The merit badge for inclusivity. Yeah, but they... But they don't include me. Wow, hypocrisy at its finest. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But Poland, meanwhile... Uh, has basically has done. They haven't done away with the old oath. They've uh-huh. just op- provided an option oath. Seems pretty like a pretty easy fix. Yeah, the, don't uh, don't kid yourself though. Mm. Uh, the the or the the group has a pastoral council oh. made up of seven Catholic priests who are infuriated oh they are <laughs> this is not acceptable i wonder who came up with this new idea they i i don't know uh literally they said that the change quote can even be perceived 
as discrimination consisting of open dechristianization, which over time will result in the atheization, that is not a word, <laughs> of members and not only moral but ideological conflicts. I like atheization. Let's, sure. Let's embrace that. Okay. But discrimination. Oh, my God. You're being discriminated against because other people have an option now. Well, that's how pretty much anybody who's Christian in America looks at it. That is all, it, literally every bit of uh, Christian persecution yeah. in the United States of America. There it's, is Christian persecution in the world. But that sums it up None well. of it happens here. Yeah. All the Christian persecution here is just... Someone else gets a right. Yeah. Or get, or someone they else. They get an option. They get to be treated fairly. They get to be included. They get as much privilege as I get. Discrimination. It is discrimination. <laughs> oh, my God. That's wild. So, anyway, go Poland. Yeah. Well done, you. <laughs> or part of Poland. The b people who came up with that. The, the Boy Scouts. But not the, the Polish Scouts. But not the catholic priests who no oh no <laughs> catholic priests are always wrong yeah all right uh well listen if you would like to tell us about your scouting uh <laughs> organization in your country feel free to write into us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com is the email address or you can call into us 424-666-8442 and leave us a voicemail we love it when you do that and uh, we'll be back with a little more show in just a moment. Yay. Miss Kate. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but uh, pastors in this country uh -huh. uh, have things to say. <sighs> I do know. Uh, Sadly, yes. I, I like. I'm gonna play. This is. I'm every now and then we play something by Kent Christmas. Uh -huh. And a, I love the name Christmas <laughs> as a last name. I find it delightful. Yeah. And he's got that old timey kind of pastoring that okay. he does. He likes to. He likes to holler. He look. He looks. Show me a picture of him. Uh, this is him. He's got. He's wearing a white vest in this one. He's oh. he, he's often wearing like bedazzled everything yeah. and. Lots of gestic gesticulation. Yeah, this just time he's just he's, he's wearing he's wearing a black t-shirt under a white I don't know, and kind of looks like possibly biker biker vest. N yeah, but, but it's he's like, trying to be cool. It's like cream. Yeah, but he's I feel trying like to be he's cool. Trying to be cool. He's a he's a man in his probably fifties or maybe sixties. Yeah, maybe with, early sixties with white hair that with gray hair that he has fluffed backwards. It's styled. It's yeah. got some. Anyway, he's gonna he's he's gonna give us all what for. Okay, he's, I'm I, I'm, he's gonna I'm tell ready for us, it. He's gonna tell us what he represents. Okay. Don't write me letters to criticize because I don't read them. They're going in a trash. You wasted your time. If you want to talk about how good God is, we'll read it. But listen, we are not here to make peace with the devil. We will not compromise with you. If you don't love God, you are not our friend. We stand for the word of the Lord. Yes, we don't believe in abortion. No, we don't believe in homosexuality. No, we don't accept Biden as our president. We stand on the word of the Lord and by the power of God there is a boldness that needs to get in your spirit and rise up by the power of the Lord okay I figured it out though oh you just say duh at the end of every every word just have you a lovely, just have, have a, a little vowel sound a little off glide yeah maybe we should do that for this show Maybe uh, we should do that for this show, uh, and we should go uh, and tell everybody uh, about how there's no such thing as Jesus. <laughs> hey, I feel like you actually could do that, Dan. Preach. Yeah. Preach. Uh, it, I, I don't think it's good for you. No, it does sort of look like your face might explode when that happens. Mm -hmm. Cardiac arrest is like just looming. Yeah, exactly. And I'm probably, I, I probably gave our editor a, a fit with <laughs> trying to figure out how to get my levels to a decent place on that. Sorry, Roger. But you were real good at it. Well, there you go. It, apparently, it's not that hard. 
It didn't seem like it. I'm going to uh, practice it later with my kids. <laughs> do. <laughs> do. Uh, they don't believe in abortion. No. Abortion, no. Uh, abortion, no. Uh huh. And they don't believe in homosexuality, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, no, and none of us do because those aren't words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you, they do believe in homosexuality. Yeah, they just don't want to support it. They just don't like it. Right. Um, and the Biden thing was interesting. It was interesting. We're going to have more talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, they're, they're definitely still on that. Friends, put a pin uh, Yes. Uh, in the Christian people not accepting the results of, a, of an election yeah. here in these United States. That we will be speaking about that. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Christmas. Christmas. Christmas is every day with him. Oh, it's Christmas is exhausting. Yeah, it's true. I, in reality and... In, also, just so you, everyone knows, his head is probably... Like, I've got a big head. <laughs> but he, his head looks like it's three times too big. For, well, but when you talk body. that way, I feel like it blows up kind of like a balloon. It's like... Psh, psh, psh. It just kind of gets bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger until it's going to explode. Meaning... He's such a blowhard, it has inflated his head. Yeah, I'm not okay. joking. That's exactly it. All right, well, we had some folks write into us. Some lovely uh, listeners have, have sent us missives. Uh, this is from Matt. Uh, now, last week on the show, uh, as you, an avid listener, will re- recall. I do recall. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. I recall it, Dan. I we recall. We talked about uh, the Mennonites of the United States voting to be Cool with the gays, oh. which was a shocker to me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Matt wrote in about that. So I've been a fan of the show for a few years now. Uh, having grown in one of the dozen or so Anabaptist sects, of which Mennonites, uh-huh. are, uh, the surprising news of Mennonites becoming more gay friendly reminded me of a story, and in my opinion, shows how ultra progressive <laughs> the Mennonites are relative to their peers. Okay. I grew up in an Anabaptist sect known as the Hutterites or Hooterites. I don't know how they say it. Uh, uh, How conservative does it get? Well, some years ago in a nearby commune, a.k.a. colony, Mm -hmm. a young wife asked the supreme leader for a divorce because her husband happens to be gay. Request denied. Because divorce does not exist in this society. To get divorced, you have to leave. Side note, uh, apologists love to cite the divorce rate when bragging (laughs) about their their utopia. It's not even... Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. If if people are bragging that there are no divorces... About a thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. That would be... that, That means that there are people in very unhappy marriages. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, yeah, divorce is great, you guys. Divorce yeah. saves people. Everyone should be very happy about the institution of divorce. I agree. Uh, as as, uh, as one comedian who has fallen out of favor. Oh. Uh, for good reason. Yeah. As, as he put it, no great, no good marriages ever and, ended and, in divorce. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. There's a reason behind it. Uh, so Matt goes on now, this is a roughly 300,000 member strong secret society. You cannot join. You are born into it. They speak their own language, literally. Wow. And everyone you have ever known lives in one of the hundreds of private villages made of your ethnic group. And are they scattered across the U.S. or are they in like a specific location? Mainly? I think they're largely European. Oh, okay. Uh, I am not sure about that. Maybe he'll write in and tell us. Uh, he did write, write in a, a, an ancillary oh, okay. uh, email, but I don't have that pulled up right now. Anyway, uh, contact with outsiders is strictly controlled. It is almost impossible to leave because the level of cult deprogramming needed is insurmountable for most people. A common way out is to join a different cult. Wow. Not to mention language barrier, education, starting from nothing. Wow. For me, it's been almost 15 years since I left, and I feel incredibly lucky to have escaped and to find myself living a happy, healthy atheist lifestyle. Oh, I bet he has such an interesting story. Yeah, he just said it. 
No, but I want to <laughs> hear all the ins and outs of it. I want to yeah. hear how he left. I want to hear all of it. Very fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. So congrats for getting out. Yeah. Matt. That's uh, And I'm sure that took a lot of bravery and hard work. And that's yeah. just amazing. And uh, apparently his English is quite good. Yeah, clearly. Jessica wrote into us. Hi, Frank and Dan. I'm really, uh, I really enjoy listening to you two on uh, chat on your podcast. I like your title. Thank God I'm atheist. And it took me a minute before I grasped the irony because <laughs> saying that God has always been part of my language, even as a lifelong non-religious person. I've tried to say thank goodness instead, but it makes me feel even more Pollyanna-ish than I already am. <laughs> There's got to be another option. Anyway, just wondering whether you ever think about the irony of saying Jesus Christ or Oh God for emphasis during the podcast, and do you consciously realize uh, that you're doing it? It seems so natural in your speech patterns and also so antithetical to what you believe as atheists. That is funny. And here, I actually, I have something interesting to say about this because, so I grew up non-religious and then I, uh, I converted to Mormonism at 16 and then left the religion later. But after I had converted, I used the same sort of language. And sure. so I would say, oh God, like, oh my God, or oh God. And in, in Mormonism, that's like an affront. Like yeah, you, that's like you swearing. Do not do you it. don't say that. And I can remember the look of horror on my sister-in-law's face when I would say that. And I like I was struck by that. Yeah. And so so there's kind of like this in me, there's kind of like this almost little little sly uh ironic thing in saying, Oh god, oh my god. Oh, it yeah. feels like subversive in a way. Let me tell you something. So I, I obviously grew up Mormon in a right. way that you didn't. So it was foreboding from day one for me. And now, so yeah, it, there is some irony in that, like, I never said it until I was an atheist. Exactly. I never said, oh my God, I never said Jesus Christ. I never, like, as, as an exclamation, yeah. I never did that. But I always wanted to when yeah. I was a kid. Oh, I I know. There's... As a matter of fact, I remember distinctly one time I was in a I, I was <laughs> on a road trip with my family, and I had been watching Three's Company. Uh huh. Do you remember the, the <laughs> oh, show yeah, Three's of Company? Of course. I'm sure it was fine. Fine television. <laughs> I haven't seen it for Three's a minute. Company too. And you know they had used the phrase "Oh my God" a bunch, and I was too young to have really gotten that lesson yet. And I remember saying, oh, my God. And my my parents, I, I'm, I'm sure they didn't <laughs> slam on the brakes. But it Metaphoric, felt a metaphorical like they slamming. slammed on the brakes <laughs> uh, of the car. And, yeah, it like, we don't say that. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, my, oh. Oh, I, my God, we oh don't. My God. <laughs> so that, so, but here's the the truth of the matter is I have given this a lot of thought, Jessica, and the fact is that I don't think that religions own those phrases. Yeah, I feel like culture owns those phrases now, uh, and that is just what we say in these as an expression, as an expression, as an exclamation in these moments. And I, I actually take a little maybe too much pleasure in it. Yeah. I'm very glad that it sounds natural coming out of me because it probably didn't for the first few, few yeah. times I did it. Yeah. But also like I go overboard when people sneeze, I say, God bless you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't just say bless you. I, I need to throw in the God. Sometimes I get fancy with it. May God bless and keep you. May the Lord grant you health. I don't know. I just like playing around Splash with it. Splash around in it. If it's there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, it may offend some, uh, and I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to offend people, but, uh, but that one, they don't own that. Yeah. You know, I'm on the same page with you there. Anyway. Uh, look, we have some donors to thank. Nice. I don't do the donor thing. Uh, that's Frank. Oh, that's Frank's job. Frank's thing. I, so I, we're going to thank one person this time. Okay. Maybe two. All right. Uh, and then next week we will thank the rest of y'all. Um, I assume it was many, many. Oh, uh, it was probably so many. Uh, and if it wasn't, shame on you. And <laughs> you better. But you've got a week to make up. Yeah, load up. Hurry, load it up. Hurry, uh, Jump in for you next forgot. week. forgot. Do it But now. Uh, the one person that I know for a fact did sign up this week was Craig. So thank you so much, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Craig is now a, uh, a deacon in the Aaronic priesthood. Does that mean he gets to pass the sacrament? He, he gets to pass the <gasps> sacrament. 
uh, and has whatever magic powers a Mormon 12-year-old gets. So, Well, that's impressive. I mean, a 12-year-old boy. Obviously, girls don't get magic powers. No, 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 no. Uh, anyway, in in our world, everybody can get magic powers. It's You just buy them from I, us. I love this. You give us I money, and we give you magic Perfect. powers. Anyway, thanks so much, Craig. And uh, I, I don't know for sure uh-huh. who our Lord and Savior is. So I'm just going to thank our Lord and Savior. As do I. Uh... I assume you I know. You know who you are. You know who you are, Lord and Savior. <laughs> you, you're fucking God for crying out loud. You Come know on. who you are. Anyway, uh, thanks to all of our donors. We, we will give you, uh, we will name you and, uh, and love you and heap praises upon you next week. <laughs> Sounds good. More show coming up. So, Kate. Yes. The first session of the, I don't know what is. What do you call it? The the, the January sixth commission committee hearing. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. A bunch of politicians talking about a a horrible thing that happened here in these United States. Yes. They had their first little televised. Yes, they did. Yesterday, I listened to it or watched it. I should say. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, We were sitting next to each other at the time. Yeah, we were together. You you were kind of hesitant at first. I don't. Here's the thing. I hate political theater so much. As do I. But I kind of sometimes want to hear the thing coming out of the horse's mouth. You know. And they got they they got all the all the. The footage that you can't yeah, see anywhere else. Yeah, the clips and yeah. Anyway, uh, I, it was interesting. It was, uh, you know, no one who's paying real attention was shocked by by anything. No, and I feel like nobody who's watching the hearings are the people who need to be watching the Harry's hearings, probably. Well, probably not. I mean, Fox News is definitely I mean, not going out of their way to broadcast it. Ivanka kind of threw her dad under the bus. That was kind of fun. That was a fun part. That really was. I liked that. Um, but one thing we didn't hear about, mm-hmm. uh, and you pointed this out to me, you wanted to talk about it. I did. Is, uh, is one of the most important factors that led to the the insurrection on January 6th and and we're still and is still a problem uh is a deep <laughs> deep so social issue issue <laughs> yeah. in our country right yeah. now and that is christian nationalism exactly and i think the reason that i wanted to talk about it because we had just listened to that hearing yesterday was I've read so much and heard so much about how this this division between conservatives and liberals has become this it's not just a political thing anymore. It's become this religious like delusion of the separation between like like people who are on God's side and then the satanic liberals. Yeah, I mean, literally, we just heard a preacher mm-hmm. yelling about how we, mm-hmm. meaning Christians, at least Christians of his ilk, yeah, don't believe that Joe, that Joe Biden is the president. Exactly. Christianity in the United States was harnessed, mm-hmm. was specifically co-opted and used. Targeted. Manipulated to, con- <laughs> to convince people to attack our government, yeah, and to not believe the outcome of a fair and free election, and is still being used to do those things. And it's evident, like you know, when you when you see footage of these January sixth in- mm-hmm. insurrection uh, in twenty twenty one. You see things like the the QAnon shaman in his like yeah. buffalo hat. hat and his and his, you know his painted face and 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 shirtless tattooed body. Why yeah. why, why weren't you wearing a shirt, sir? He was proud of his figure. But QAnon <laughs> shaman, nothing about that to me screams Jesus. No, he didn't look. Like a Jesus-y person. Uh-huh. Until the, he opens his mouth. Until he literally got into the Senate chamber. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
into a megaphone or whatever starts yelling a prayer. Yeah. Well, they were. This is the thing. When you look back on the events of that day, they're all basing their actions in saying that 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 they're doing this for God and country, and that it's a country based on Christian principles, and that Donald Trump has been chosen by God, and. They've got this this religious zealot uh, fire that is causing them to, like, do harm. Yeah. And all over the country now we see in uh, in primary elections that are happening Mm -hmm. right now all over the country. Extreme the the right wing is putting forth candidates who are extreme Christian nationalists. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard Marjorie Taylor Greene say that Christian nationalism is a good thing. Oh yeah, they're they're she coming used out with the it. Phrase. Yeah. So like this is the point which is that like they're owning it. And let's not forget Christian nationalism mm-hmm. was Nazism. Nazism was a Christian nationalist movement. Yeah, and I think they probably hear those two words and <laughs> don't realize the impact of what they're saying. They're hearing Christian and they're hearing national. And national. they think, that and makes like, me that, a patriot. That sounds real good. But, but um, like, it's really like a, a, a terrorist organization at this point. It is. Homegrown. And, and all of the domestic terrorism, mm-hmm. all of the terrorism that America is facing currently is stemming from this. Comes from Christianity. Exactly. All of it right if now. If they had somebody who was an Islamic nationalist doing any of these things, plotting against our country in yeah. any way to overthrow anything, they would have those people put to death. They would be calling for the death penalty. They really would. And but because they are convinced of the rightness of their position, doing exactly the same action should be lauded, should be totally. applauded. Like they're horrified that people are actually being charged with crimes about right? this stuff. Yeah. They're furious about it. I'm so curious to hear about like the the Proud Boy sedition charges and mm. stuff. It's I mean, I love seeing that that some of these people are being held accountable, but I do wish that we could talk about the problem that this this form of Christianity plays in this. It is so integral to it. Well, and here's the thing. Our listeners mm-hmm. will have been familiar because we played so many clips of people like Greg Locke, mm-hmm. the pastor from Tennessee, who are uh, who leading up to, you know, before January 6th yeah. and before the election even, we're guaranteeing their followers that God oh, yeah. was predetermining this this. They uh, had election. revelations about it. In they their- had they were prophesying. Yeah. And then when he didn't win, mm-hmm. they were it was the devil, mm-hmm. and they needed to fight against the devil. Uh, Greg Locke literally said, "This is a quote." Oh, okay. God is on our side. Um, this was the night before January sixth. Okay. This All was right. January 5th, he and says. And everybody knew what was going to be going down on January 6th. That was not a secret. Yeah, yeah, every, <laughs> everybody knew. Yeah, Trump had tweeted about mm-hmm. it. He said, get out here. Everybody had, you know, all the right wing, like nut job outlets were saying, get get yourself to it. We were know? all worried that there was going to be a coup because we knew what was going on. Right. Yeah, As exactly. an American people, we knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of us, we weren't ignorant that this was going to happen. Exactly. Um, Greg Locke literally said, God is on our side. America is the last bastion of Christian freedom. The last ba- it's the last bastion of capitalism. I declare unto you that President Donald Trump is going to stay for four more years in the White House. We're a mighty army. They've got to listen. They can't ignore us. Wow, we're a mighty army. And that's the scary thing about this. Like, you read the Bible, it's violent. Yeah. You know, when you say like, ooh, that's biblical, it doesn't mean peaceful. No. You know, that that's not what that word conjures when you say that's, these are biblical events happening. Like yeah. it's it's fraught. <laughs> and uh, and th- that's what these people are using as 
an excuse. Yeah. Like when you have God on your side, like when you literally think this isn't about politics anymore, this is about God, that's frightening. People will do anything. Well, and even when it is just about politics, when you think about QAnon mm-hmm. as a concept. Right. QAnon was never about Jesus. Right. QAnon was about politics right. and military and whatever. But if you find QAnon followers, it's about Jesus. It's a cult in the same way. And it is it is this. And I, I think, I mean, QAnon, whoever. Whoever that is. That may be. <laughs> watch the documentary. It's that weird. It's that guy. dude. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, QAnon is. It might as well have been a religious thing. And I probably and he probably well, tur- started posting some Jesus right. stuff. And anything like that that turns into a religion, when people are used to having that sort of religious language yeah. and thought, it just naturally goes into that, right? It just naturally morphs. Yeah. It the religion is unfortunately pri even in a peaceful time. Mm-hmm. It primes a, their its followers' minds mm-hmm. to uh, to be open to things that they should not be open to, yeah, and to be manipul man, manipulable uh-huh. in ways that they should not be able to be manipulated, yeah. And it's a cyclical thing, and I think we have cycled back to uh, the worst of it. Oh, I mean, literally, I, have we ever been this like this? I don't know. Yeah, I think we have. When, and literally, when? the connection was made for me uh-huh. by a guy, and I don't remember who it was. He's running for office somewhere in this country. Uh-huh. And he literally said, we need to reenact the House Un-American Activities Committee. This is McCarthy. Uh, this is back in in the the you know back in the Red Scare, right? When they were literally trying, they were literally trying people, uh, and and ruining people's lives, yeah. In the sake, of, for, you know, in the name of getting rid of the damn communists, the commies, yeah. Right. This is the same thing, and uh, and. and this but may I be don't worse. Think there was, I don't. I don't think there was the national fervor. In the same, I mean, maybe there was, but this feels like there's a polarity that, and I don't know because I'm not, I, I wasn't alive during those times, so I can't, I can't speak to We're it. We're very young. We're just young whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, it's definitely new in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not good. So I guess the call to action here. Mm-hmm. I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> Everybody stop using call. They're not going to stop using you it. You just used it. You can't. It's It's sorry. here for good. But yeah. here's, here's what I would like. Here's what I would suggest mm-hmm. is that we start pointing out what Christian nationalism is and start extolling the virtues. We don't even have to call out Christian nationalism. Forget it. Start talking about how wonderful secular society is for everyone start like make make the conversation about how secularism doesn't serve secular people it serves all people it's the point is to lift up a community the point isn't to lift up a segment the religious segment a single of segment yeah of it. and the point is to create space for everyone to have their own to, beliefs to have their own beliefs to practice as they need to mm-hmm. to uh to you know to act in accordance with the dictates of their own conscience yeah and uh and and as long as they're not uh infringing the rights of others there's space and room for that and that can only happen yeah in secularism yeah and it's supposed to be what the united states is based on it's a hundred percent like it's right there in the document yeah but it's like it's so weird that this thing that they value this constitution that they value it they've corrupted yeah it's so corrupted you just you you just tell them hey i know you like that second amendment but maybe <laughs> put it in reverse and drive back and see the first amendment again right take another quick look at it or take a look at all of the second amendment <laughs> 
<laughs> just don't just nitpick the little part okay, that you well, send now, it to. Now we're like. complicating the matter. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, read the thing. Don't think you know it. Yeah. Because you probably don't. Anyway, uh, yeah, secularism is the only way uh, to have a fair and just society. And I think it's the only way to get our politics back to a reasonable level, like uh, to take down the pitch. Yeah. Don't expect to hear it in the January 6th uh, committee hearings. That's not going to be a thing that you'll hear about, but it should be. And look for and like try to look for it if you're listening to it. Just I'm going to be interested. It's a fun drinking game, if there nothing else. <laughs> Take a shot every time somebody yells, we're doing this for Jesus. <laughs> exactly. All right, folks. Well, if you uh, if, if you have a story you'd like to tell us about Christian nationalism and how it's blessed your life, <laughs> please feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or call into us and tell us in your own voice, uh, by calling uh, 424-666-8442. That's T-G-I-A. Uh, if your phone still had <laughs> letters, letters and on numbers it. on it. Yeah. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash T-G-I-Atheist. Uh, I love it there. Yeah. It, it's also the members only lounges are, are wonderful places to commune with like-minded, wonderful people. Uh, to find those, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Uh, that's on Discord and Facebook. And thanks so much to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music, to Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music, and thanks to all of y'all yeah. for tuning in. We thanks sure do appreciate you. And thank you, Kate, <gasps> for welcome. substituting your uh, your a miracle. Thank you so Happy much. Happy to be here. Talk to you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.